Those are some of my favorite sounds. When the babies are laughing and letting us know that they are in the room. It's a beautiful thing. I, I say to the people at my home church, if ain't no babies crying, the church is dying. <laughs> and so I think we might be coming. <laughs> Good evening. You've heard this text read from Isaiah 41, 8 through 9. So pray with me if you would. Father, it's in the sweet name of Jesus that we pause to say thank you for this time and opportunity. God, you are amazing. Tonight we rest in and on your word that we don't have to fear anything, that we don't have to be dismayed, that we don't have to be anxious because you have promised that you are with us. And so tonight, God, we are grateful. I ask you now to hide me behind your cross that these, your servants, sons, and daughters, will see none of Lisa, but all of you. I've done what I know to do and study. And so now, God, I ask you to anoint me afresh that I might preach your word, that someone might be reconnected or reassured that you are yet God. It's in the strong name of Jesus Christ that I give you thanks. Amen. Amen. In Susan Taylor's book, Lessons in Living, she started her chapter on power to choose by saying, I will. She said, I will are two of the most powerful words we can utter. They are words that were in the beginning. We know this because in Genesis 2 and 18, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a companion for him who corresponds to him. Words through which the creator created worlds, I will, are powerful. They're both a powerful declaration and a command because they affirm dominion. Take a moment and whisper to yourself, I will. Feel the power of those two words. To will is to take the first step. Your will and your surrender to the plan of God is your greatest strength. It is God's power. It's a power to create that is already within you. Susan Taylor suggests that implicit in the words, I will, is the declaration that you have the power to choose. I will. It's an affirmation that you are not inherently weak or inadequate, but inherently strong and complete already. I could stop right there, but I won't. Because there's someone listening to this message, I don't know if you're in this room or on our Facebook feed, this evening asking yourselves, can I do it? Whatever your it is. Someone else is asking, am I worthy? Another is saying, there is no possible way I can make it. Well, I stopped by 2209 East Gray Street this evening to tell you, you absolutely can make it. You absolutely are worth it. You absolutely can do it because God already chose you. Which takes me to my title for tonight. If I'm chosen, then I will. You decide what your I will is. Yes, you can do it. Yes, you are worthy. Yes, you will make it. You may ask, how do you know Lisa? And I'm glad you asked. You all know I like an inquisitive crowd. <laughs> I know because the scripture tells us in verse 8, that we have been chosen, and that's enough right there. 
When God chooses you, there's no devil on earth or in hell that can stop or change that. You, your right now may not look with, like what you think it should look like, nor does it look like where you're heading, but you're no less chosen. Your current condition does not negate your being chosen. Your right now may cause you to wonder, where is God? Your right now might be playing mind games with you and what you believe, but Romans 8 and 18 reminds us that our present circumstances are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. That's not Lisa, that's the word of God. When you get a chance, go back and read this passage in Isaiah because the scripture tells us in verse 8, but you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, who I have chosen. Put your own name in there. Declare with confidence, I will because I am chosen. Put your name in the scripture. But you, Katie, are my servant whom I have chosen. You, Pam, I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest regions and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you away. In other words, what the Lord is saying to us this evening is there is no place that is too far for him to come and get us because he chooses us daily. He hasn't rejected any of us like others may have. Listen to the words in verses 8 and 9 because he doesn't just come and get us. He reminds us, Richard, that you are his chosen one. In contrast to the God-rejecting and idol-making people who have been in our lives, Israel the name which means governed by God is the servant of the Lord. We are the chosen children of God. And we know as a child of God, if we listen for the voice of the Lord, we can't go wrong. And being a child of God, we don't create images of God and try to manipulate or tell him what to do or what to be. This is what the first seven verses of this text was about. Isaiah was preaching to a group of people who have been practicing idol worship and being made to try to take a stand against who God is, servants, people of God, we know the difference between who the master is and who the servant is. Isaiah tells us who we are. He says, the descendants of Abraham, my friend, Israel stood in this place because of their family relationship to Abraham. Since Abraham was the friend of God, his descendants had a special place before God also. You're chosen, Olivia. You have not been cast away. I don't care what your age or your place in life is. If God woke you up this morning, he is still choosing you and he still has work for you to do. I'm so glad that Israel's place, special place before God is because of God's initiative, not because of Israel's achievement. That means we would have to perform in order to be chosen by God. But the fact that he sent us into the earth realm tells us that he is already choosing us. I'm so glad that we have a special place with God because of God's love towards us and not because we've been so amazing. Because if it was because of my works, I'm not sure if I would just, I would still be standing. I'm so glad God wants to be in relationship with us to the point that we don't have to question his commitment to us and we won't have to question his faithfulness towards us. When we accept the fact that we've been selected by the creator of the universe, wrap your brain around that for a minute. We've been selected, we've been chosen, we've been called out, we've been set apart by the creator of the universe. 
when we really accept that we can fully believe that we have been his chosen to be his children when we choose him also we will be able to stand against the wiles of anything trying to confuse us and cause us to wonder where is god this brings me to my favorite place in this pericope found in verse 10 where we are encouraged and promised a few things. Isaiah gives us a boost and fortifies us when he reminds us that we don't have to be afraid. He said, fear not, for God's help is present. There are few, few places in this text where I could just drop the mic and sit down, but the mics cost too much and I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> this is one of those places. He said, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Just in case you didn't hear me, he said, yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not, for I am with you is both a command and a promise. Israel is commanded to fear not, and we are commanded to stop with our anxiety, to stop with our distress, and stop with our panic. Because when you have fear, worry, and anxiety, hovering over you, it will cause you to fall into a posture that communicates, God, I don't know if I can trust you to bring me out. When a God who rules over the nations as described in Isaiah 41 verses 2 through 4, the God who, choose, who chose us and loves us as described in Isaiah 41, 8 and 9, when that God tells us fear not, we ought to listen. You know, there was a commercial that said, when E.F. Hutton talks, everybody listens. Well, I want to promise you that when the Lord speaks to you, you ought to listen. We must walk in the authority that has been given to us in the word of God. And remember, there, there is hope in verse 10. We don't have to be afraid or to worry because the Lord has promised, I am with you. I'm going to keep repeating it because somebody needs to hear this tonight. What more do you need to hear then I am with you. If God is for us, who can be against us? Let me Lisa rise this. Romans 8.31 in the, in the Lisa text says, if God is for us, what difference does it make who's against us? We are, we are much more prone to fear and discouragement when we think we are alone. But let me remind you, we are never alone because God has declared, fear not. For I am with you. I'm going to keep saying it. He then tells us, be not dismayed, for I am your God. It was as if God said to his people, remember me? The God of all power and glory. The same God who set the earth on a 23 and a half degree axis and it hasn't fallen yet. The same God who raised Jesus from the grave. I'm that one. I am your God. Stop letting your concerns be your Christ. Years ago, J.B. Phillips wrote a book entitled, Your God is Too Small. In it, he showed how people forget the greatness of God. When people forget the greatness of God, they easily become distracted or dismayed. But God says, be not dismayed, for I am your God. And then he gives us a series of promises that encourages us. If you don't hear anything else I say tonight, I need you to hear this from the Lord, not from Lisa. You can because you've been chosen. You will because God has chosen you. 
he gives you three things to hold on to. He said, I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God's strength and glory allows him to be able to help us, but it's his love that makes him say, I will help you. You should never have a God that you have to hold up. If there's anything that is major in your life that you have to hold up because it wants to be exalted, that is not of God. That's a different sermon for a different day. I know this world seems chaotic right now. Politics, health care, economics, death in the family, global pandemic, family relationships. I know things seem out of order in many places in our lives. I know there are systems that we are uncertain about, but there's one thing you can rest your hat on and be sure of. God promises to hold us. When we feel shaky and insecure, fear and disbelief can cause us to think, God, you're not with me. You're not the God of glory and might. You really don't love me. Let me warn you, that is a trick of the enemy. God has never left you nor forsaken you. You can be confident that God is holding you with his righteous right hand, even now in the midst of your trouble. He tells us to put our faith in him. Yes, I know that can be unnerving because you don't know what may be on the other side of your current situation, but God wants you to have faith in him. He wants you to allow him to walk with you. Doesn't it feel amazing when, to know that you aren't in your struggles alone? Isn't it comforting to know that someone is willing to walk along this road with you? So I have a few questions I want to leave you with. Will you choose to walk along through your rough places? More importantly, will you allow God to give you the strength you need to cross over to the other side of your situation? Will you allow God to yourself to have faith in him and put your hand in his righteous right hand? Will you allow him to put his hand on your shoulder, guiding you when you need to stand firm? Whatever your answer may be, I encourage you to have faith in God. I encourage you to allow him to give you the strength you may need to endure your life matters. I've had many situations where I wondered if God had forgotten about me. I've had many times when I wondered where the righteous right hand of God was because I, for whatever reason, could not seem to get my hand to connect with his. I've had those moments when I worried that I was going so far down that I wouldn't be able to come back up. I've had spaces where my fear was getting the best of me, but God in his infinite wisdom, always, if I was in a black Baptist church, I'd say, tell your neighbor, always, always comes through for me. He sends a reminder. He says, I have never left you, Lisa, nor forsaken you. Then I hear the word of, words of Jesus found in the Gospel of John in the 15th chapter and the 16th verse that reminds me, you didn't choose me. In other words, get yourself together. I've already chosen you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will remain. So whatever you ask the Father in, the, in my name, he will give it to you. Richmond Hill. I stopped by to tell you that because he chose you and appointed you, there's no weapon that has been formed that shall be able to prosper against you. Don't let the cares of the world or your present situation trip you up and cause you to feel alone or feel like you can't do what God has assigned to your hands. 
I love the words of blogger Marissa Donnelly who said in one of her blog posts, throughout all your days, you have been loved by God. And even when you've chosen to run, even when you've relied on yourself and earthly devices rather than God's grace, even when you've turned your back on his gift and shut the door, what does God do? He waits patiently for you to come to your senses. He waits for you to open it once again, allow him inside. People of God, hear this. You are not alone. Never, 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 never alone. God is with you, and so are we. You've been chosen, therefore you can say, I will. May it be so.